Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones, and I'm here to share another quiet talk with you that I trust will be a blessing and encouragement to you. In Ephesians chapter 5, we read these words, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she might be holy and without blemish. At the end of this passage of instruction to wives and husbands on how they should live together in a way that glorifies God, Paul then quotes the words of the Creator in Genesis 2.24 and adds this about the marriage relationship. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. The apostle is saying that the mystery, as he calls it, of the marital relationship is really about Christ and the church. It, all, it almost sounds like Paul is saying, I'm giving you this teaching about marriage, but really I'd rather talk about Jesus and his body, the church. The translation I'm using here says that the man should hold fast to his wife. Other versions render this word, be joined to his wife. It can also refer to literally being glued to something. I once heard someone compare the joining of husband and wife to the bonding of the layers in a sheet of plywood. In making plywood, thin sheets of wood are placed on top of each other with the grain crossed, and and then they are bonded with strong adhesive and great pressure. You can't pull the layers of a sheet of plywood apart without damaging the wood. They are really stuck. Remember, though, that Paul says, I'm really talking about Christ and his church. The church is bonded to Christ powerfully. Jesus died to make this possible. Remember the words we say when we receive the sacraments? And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. A covenant is a bond which always involves blood. People break covenants, but God does not. His love for the church is shown by the death of Christ for her. You could almost say that the blood of Jesus is the glue that bonds us to him. Christ died for the church to purify her, to present her to himself in glory and splendor, holy and without blemish. His death makes us worthy of him. His death makes us one. What amazing love. The love of Christ for his church. Now here's what this talk is really about. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus died for a mass of disconnected individuals. He died for the church. The idea that your relationship to Christ is a private matter between you and him alone is absolutely unscriptural. Jesus loves 
the church, and he gave himself for the church. What is the church? What does this word mean in the Bible? Well, the simple definition of the Greek word translated church is assembly. An assembly is when the people come together. An example would be if the people of a town came together to make decisions about the governance of their town. You can't have an assembly of one person. The word implies many people together. And this is what Jesus died for. So what does all this mean for us? It means that those who think they don't need the church are at odds with Jesus Christ. He thought the church was so important that he went to Calvary for it. What gives anyone calling himself a Christian the right to look on the church as being less important than Jesus thought it was? If you love Jesus, you will love what he loves. If you don't love the church, then you'll never convince me that you love Jesus Christ. Now, I can hear some of the responses right through this microphone. But Dan, I just don't like any of the churches I've visited. They don't meet my needs. So what? Who said you're supposed to like any particular church? Do you think the church is about you and your personal preferences? I've been in church all my life. I've known some church members that were real pills. I've known some who hated my guts. But I haven't walked out on the church because of this. Much of our problems stem from our consumer-oriented view of almost everything. People look at church like they look at restaurants or department stores or TV shows, some you like and some you don't. Like I said, I'll give you that there are some difficult people in church. Maybe you're one. Did you know that Jesus dealt with difficult people among his own disciples? One day a man came to Jesus whose son was demon-possessed. He had suffered a long time with this awful problem. It must have been unbearable. Now look at what Jesus said when the man begged for help. You faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you and put up with you? That doesn't sound very compassionate, does it? But the fact is, it reveals that there were times when people just exasperated Jesus, usually because of their lack of faith. But that didn't mean he turned away from them. He healed this man's son because of his great love. There have been times when I felt this way about Christians. But I have to remember that the church is made up of human beings who are not perfect yet. They aren't in heaven with their white robes and harps. There's still works in progress. Maybe instead of looking at a church in terms of its problems or deficiencies, we should look at it as a beautiful opportunity to make a positive difference. To paraphrase JFK, don't ask what the church can do for you. Ask what you can do for the church. You're not there just to receive, but to give of yourself, to bless and encourage others. As you do this, you are blessing Jesus Christ, who died for the church. You are blessing the one who loved the church with bloody hands and feet and a bleeding brow impaled with thorns. If you grew up in church like I did, you've no doubt been hammered with this verse, actually two verses, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. 
And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I've heard this quoted along with things like, you need church, you'd better come for your own good. But that's not what these verses are saying. They're really saying, come to church because somebody else needs you. Have you ever thought of that? Somebody needs you. Instead of being a consumer Christian where church is concerned, let's start looking at ourselves as servants to others who need our encouragement. You might be thinking, well, I'm not a pastor. I I can't really do anything like that. You don't have to be a pastor. You just have to love people. Most of us have no idea how powerful a simple word of encouragement can be to somebody who's ready to quit. And there are people in church who are ready to quit. Your helpful words can change their lives. Consider this verse from Proverbs 18. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can either kill or heal with your words. There's somebody in your circle that needs healing. Maybe what you say to them is just what they need. My friends, the church is not perfect. That's why you need to be there. Jesus, by his Spirit, is working to build up his church that it might be the glorious bride that he envisions. Will you join your Savior in this blessed work? Dear Jesus, thank you that you love the church and you gave yourself for her. Lord Jesus Christ, as part of that church, Lord, we we just bow before you, the holy bridegroom, the soon-coming King of kings, and we pray to you, Lord, that, that you would just give us the grace to bless your church, to be a positive influence within your church, to encourage our fellow members of the body of Christ. Use us, Lord God. To build up your body in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. My dear friends, I I trust that all of you are an integral part of a church where you're a blessing to others, where you have a ministry of whether it's just encouraging people, maybe going to see some shut-ins or just being a blessing, however God gives you the ability and the opportunity. Our church, the church that I pastor, It's called the Bread of Life Anglican Church, and we meet in Schenectady at 1809 Union Street every Sunday at 10 o'clock. We ask you to pray for us. Uh, We're planting a new congregation, and believe me, it's not easy. (laughs) It is hard. But God is with us. Jesus is building his church. If you're in that area, if you don't have a church home, please visit us on Sunday at 10 o'clock, 1809 Union Street, Schenectady. As always, you can reach me by email at Father dot dan jones at outlook.com god bless you